the Tanta MMA Show with Fergus Ryan and Stephen Larry. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Satanta MMA show. First of the year and first in a long while, about four or five weeks maybe since uh, we did a podcast. So it's great to be back on the airs. Uh, we had a good 2014, um, 35 odd thousand listens. We're over 40,000 since we started recording and uh, January's got off to a, a hell of a start as well. So thanks a million for all the support, all the listens, all the feedback on Facebook and Twitter. And please keep it coming and we hope we can uh, follow up 2014 with a good 2015 and i think we're going to have a good start with the show we've lined up as ever i'm joined by steve the bjj lebowski larry to help me get through the workload steve what is up what is up gus it's been a while it's been, yeah, it's been too long but you're listening yeah. we're here now it was uh it was a long break well deserved really but uh i'm feeling revitalized and energized for for this year well you would since how you're getting on the plane tomorrow to go to boston <laughs> not, not at all yeah, jealous. Not at all jealous. Well, look, when your um, when your duties are done now at home, and uh, the little fella's a bit, bit older, you'll be able to come along with myself and the rest of the lads. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I'm just taking a, a brief sabbatical from the travelling. Uh, yeah, you see, yeah, the, the joys of Evan being eight years of age. He he he's a uh, he's a bit older, so he can get to go away in these little weekends. But, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, right, what we have today is interviews with um, first John Kavanagh, which I did out in SBG maybe uh, a week ago now at this stage. And then what, we're, what we did was myself and Steve caught up with PT Carroll, Ireland's foremost MMA journalist, uh, yesterday. And we had a chat with him. We kicked around UFC Boston and a couple of other issues. So you're going to hear that. Now, apologies for the recording on on. On me, whatever, whatever my way my microphone was, it didn't come across too good. The two lads are fine, but it's just my mic was acting a bit bogey. So apologies for the sound on that. Then we're going to go straight into an interview with uh, Paddy, Paddy Houlihan, which I did also last week before he headed off to Boston. And then myself and Steve will come to, uh, come back to wrap it up. Before we get to that though, just a quick word to the, uh, the sponsor, powerful.ie, supplier of all honest superfoods and supplements. You can get them on obviously www.powerful.e. Uh, use the promo code Satanta MMA. That's all one word, all lowercase. Satanta MMA. S E T A N T A M M A. You will get 10% off all your orders if you use that promo code. Um, it's free delivery for anything over 65 euros. So what I do is get a few of you together. If there's a few at the gym or a few mates looking to get Alpha Brain or Shroom Tech Sport or Shroom Tech Immune because it's bloody cold out there these days. Get together, bundle it up, get over 65 euro. You're going to get free delivery on that and then plug in Satanta MMA and you will get a further 10% off. Um, are you still using the Shroom Tech Sports, Steve? I was just about to put in there, Gus. You know, for anybody, it, especially jiu-jitsu, because I find jiu-jitsu, fella, a lot of beginners use a lot of strength and, and you know, they, they really bone their cardio out before they use the technique. But just try Alpha, uh, sorry, Shroom Tech Sport. Have two of them before training, about a half an hour before, and watch how much easier the session is for you, as in it, how easier the, it is as a cardio workout. Your, your recovery is so much quicker. And as well as that, your brain isn't concentrating on your breathing so much because it helps with the recovery that you're seeing different openings in the game and different transitions in front of you because 
your brain isn't working on on the breeding aspect of uh, of the game. You know, it's freeing up these little pockets of uh, of brain power yeah. to to boost to boost the jujitsu. But just look, it, people say to me, yeah, it works for some people, it doesn't work for other people. That goes with everything. Yeah. I don't like Bobville. Other people love it. You know, <laughs> it's just the way it works. Some people like it, some people don't. But look. I tried Bovril and it's bloody muck, you see, but I went to the, the trouble of trying it, so I have the opinion now. Just try it. If it doesn't work for you, no problem. If it does work for you, there's something that's after helping you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I, I use it now. and I, I was only using two tablets, two before um, training, and uh, I think it was Philip Peter said, look, up it to three or four, because you're supposed to take one for every 50 pounds of weight. So, I mean, it'd be up, well, I'm 85, 86 kilos, so... <laughs> come on Gus come on what I am I know everybody can't see us we're on radio come on no seriously what are you, what, what are you tipping the scale at I, I tipped it at 60 86.7 <laughs> 86.7 alright uh, first training session back now that ain't bad two weeks after Christmas in fairness well exactly yeah um, and between sickness and booze and the whole lot now there was zero exercise and lots of uh, calories taken on and last year, after training, or sorry, after Christmas when I went back training, this is the first year of training consistently in a long time, I was 93 kilos. Mm. So I was happy enough that, like, I was probably down to 84, 85 before Christmas, so I put on two or three kilos. So I was just, I was just happy it was south of 90, to be honest with you. Did you find, did you find your, when, did you go to train for? Uh, Shuntex board? Yeah. I use four now, take four. I try and how do you find your recovery in between rounds for the minute rest? Yeah, it's it's like that. It's like you get to the end of the session and you realise, God, I'm after doing a load of rounds there. Now you're tired. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to make you superman, yeah. but um, you 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 don't notice how wrecked you are as much if you know what I mean when you're actually doing mm. it. Like usually, yeah. not usually, but say there would have been a time where you would do. Let's say you had six or seven rounds in front of you with people, and you'd get to the end of the third one and you would be blowing. Uh, not looking forward to the last three or four, whereas I find now, now obviously I'm getting fitter as well the more I do it, but now I'm kind of going, right, well, you're nearly looking for, you know, who who wants one more? Who wants one more? You, you know, you're <laughs> you're kind of hoping that you'll, you'll definitely get the, at least the six or seven, and maybe someone will go again, or another one or two, you get another run or two rounds. Now, you know, that's partly getting fitter because I'm doing it more, mm. but I do think the, the Shroom Tech Sport has helped. Uh, yeah, I find them, I'm enjoying the sessions a lot more. And I find with during the minute rest when it hits around 25 seconds, I'm sort of, I'm ready to go again. I'm sort of counting down the 30 seconds. And I'm not saying that, as you say, that's not just down to Shroom Tech Sport. That's because I'm recovering more and be able to, I want to do more rounds and that's obviously building the cardio level. But look, you got to give credit where it's due. And I think the Shroom Tech Sport is a, it's doing something for me in any way. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a lot of guys actually. I jump in the I jump in the mat, and there's about three or four guys that after taking before. So so we're all slowly starting to to try it out and, and see the benefits of it. You know. Very good. Um. So yes, yeah, so we finish off. On, it's powerful.ie, exclusive distributor of Onnit Superfoods and Supplements in Ireland. And like I said, use the Satanta MMA promo code, all lowercase, all one word, and you get ten percent off your orders. And actually, a couple of shoutouts I want to do. First one is to Carl McNamara from uh, Powerful.ie. He sent us out a little goodie box, a um, couple of T-shirts, a few Hemp Force protein bars, and some Shrooms Tech Sport, which I must get you yours today before you head off to Boston. Um. 
So much appreciated, Carl. Now, we, we, we were going to run it. Well, we were running a couple of competitions before Christmas. One was centered around iTunes reviews. That didn't really get much traction. So I think I'm just going to bundle a few of the things together and just do maybe a Facebook or a Twitter competition, just giveaways uh, for people in Ireland. So we'll start running those maybe next week. Um, there was about a hundred euros worth of honored goods in the, the prize box. So I might, I might turn it into two fifties or, or, or three thirty three or thirty four euro, uh, prizes and we'll get rid of those on Facebook. Um, two more shout outs I want to give to, uh, Dean Scott and Eric. No, don't, don't, don't do it, Gus. No, I'm doing you it. Don't deserve I'm, it. You don't on. deserve it. I'm pulling rank here, Steve. I'm giving. Dean Scott and Eric Nolan, uh, shout outs, cause after the Nogi session yesterday, they were asking me when the, when are we getting another episode of the Satanta MMA show? And I said, well, actually, it's probably going to be today or tomorrow, cause I'm, I'm, I've been chatting to Steve. So the lads were very, uh, said some kind words about the show. So very appreciative of the, of the support, lads, and thanks for the interest. And, uh, hopefully see you next week at the Nogi session in the morning. So there you go, know, Steve. I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. They're, they're not too bad. In fairness, do you know what? It's actually it's good seeing young fellas like them. You know, you you can't get um the you know that gym. He goes down with Andy, and then you come home with Andy. Very He's good. there for every class. You know, it's inspiring to see young fellas like that. Bit of focus, you know, and they they're uh, they're getting the head down, stuck in. So if you are listening to it, keep uh, keep grinding. Homies. Yeah, and uh, he was giving Palo Boyle a nice level of abuse as well, so. Fair <laughs> play to him, yeah. Um, there are my two shout outs. I know, uh, you wanted to maybe talk about, uh, some rolling over in Boston. I did. Myself and the Alfman McGahan. The, just before I, I do that, um, if you get a chance, go to my Facebook page. And look at the absolute state of Andrew McGahan at that Celtic Super 16 <laughs> on Sunday. If you see that blanket, I, I looked it. across the room and I seen, it. I was like, that reminds me of my granddad Charlie sitting on Blackpool Pier eating a bag of chips and eating an ice cream. <laughs> he looked like a bloody old folk. So, and then he, he texted me a picture yesterday of him sitting on the plane with the, uh, with the blanket with him. So he's had to bring it to Boston. So. Okay. I think we're going to have to do something to that blanket. We're going to kidnap it and hold it for ransom. Very good. But, uh, yeah, now getting back to the point, uh, we're going to be training over there. We're going to roll as much as we can. So if there's any Irish guys over there, living over there, I know a guy got in touch last night on Twitter. Yeah, Colin, um, Colin, Colin Green, who I think he's living in Boston now, but he basically, he used to train in Hilly and Gracie. And I just got to, you know, I got to know him on Twitter, um, because of the lads from Healy and Grace that used to come down to Battlezone, Paddy McBride and obviously Steve Collar, our, our featherweight champion. Um, that's how myself and Colin started going back and forth into Twitter. So there's me bleeding email. Um, so yeah, he, he, um, just coincidentally, he tweeted to say if there's any Irish, uh, in Boston, get down to Carlson Gracie's for a role. Yeah. So that's your, I'm going to go to a couple of different places as well, as many as I can get to. So if you're Irish, you're coming over for the, for the fights, hit me up on Twitter at BJJ Lebowski, BJJ L-O-W, B-O-W-S-K-I, or, uh, hit up Andrew McGahan and, um, the more the merrier, you know? Uh, yeah. And she, yeah, I think you said you were going to go to Carlson Gracie's and the Florian. Carlson Gracie and the Florian's Academy. Yeah. I was actually, I was talking to Keith Florian last week and I think Kenny is doing a seminar. On the Saturday, and then there's obviously classes running all week of their, their standard timetable. Very good. 
So it's going to be a good week. Yes. Very good. And uh, on that, I suppose you're looking forward to uh, getting over and covering the the event. I am. I'm looking forward to. It. You know, it's a. I think it's people don't realise how big it's going to be. I know Boston last time was big, and then Dublin was big, but this time there's so much more on the line. There's you know there's a title shot on the line. I know the the location is still sort of up in the air, but you know it, it, there's so many possibilities for Connor winning this fight that it's after attracting so many people that maybe wouldn't have travelled. But I think this occasion is so big. You know, a, a potential title fight in in Dublin in May is. It's uh, it's crazy, but it's yeah, roll on tomorrow morning. I need to jump on this plane and get and get going, you know. But I'm going to be, uh, I'll be covering the whole as well as that. I'll be covering the whole thing. I'll be updating Twitter and Facebook. I'll try to speak to as many people as I can, and I'm sure you can, uh, you can post it up on the on the on the page, and yeah, we'll spread it all the listeners can can keep up to date with what's going on. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be a great event. Um. Lots of Irish interest, obviously, and then, uh, like you said, a potential title shot at the. It's some well, all the roads seem to lead to Croke Park or the Aviva in May. So, um, if Connor gets a win, that's what that's what's ahead of us. So, I mean, I think I said this yesterday when we were chatting to Pizzi, but like it's only January and we've four guys up this weekend, two guys up next weekend, two new signings and Joe Duffy and Reds are, uh, and we're you know we haven't got out of January yet, so it's um it's set up to be a great year. You know, I think I think the the craziness is gonna start around Thursday. Um, I'm oh, sorry, around tomorrow when they start doing the media stuff. Um, then the way ends, and it, ro- it will roll straight over to a build up of a fight week for for Stockholm. You know, yeah. And that's you know we've two full weeks of of Irish guys on on cards there, so it's uh, it's something to look forward to for us. Yeah, because it's the Sunday night. It's Martin Luther King Day on Monday, so the, the day off. So it's Sunday night. So, you know, it'll, it'll finish late Sunday night. We'll get all the reviews and breakdowns Monday, Tuesday, and then it'll be straight into Sweden for, um, previewing the two lads, um, Neil Siri and Paul Redmond in Sweden. And, and that, that main card is pretty good. You've got Hendo, Gegard, Musassi, um, the main event, obviously, Rumble Johnson and Gustafsson. So there's lots to look forward to. And, oh, another thing, do you know, the extra bonus for Boston for me was, my no. favourite fighter got put in the car, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cowboy. Yeah, Martina was saying to me, Cowboy is fighting. This was like months ago when we first booked it. And I was like, no, he's not. He's not fighting. It's it's two weeks before. And then it turns out she rang me last week. Or whenever it was booked two weeks ago, she said, yeah, Cowboy's on the yeah, card. Brilliant. I was like, that's crazy. So, listen, if Cowboy is listening to this, I'll have a Budweiser with you after <laughs> your fight. And who have you so, got in that uh, one? Have you got do you, do you like Cowboy in that one? I have Cowboy to win. You know he he's too down, you know. But I think he's a different fighter. He's matured a lot more. He, he the, the only criticism would have with Cowboy is his his style hasn't the he, he's still a slick round fighter with with, with fast submissions and a, a technical toy boxer, but he hasn't got that like. How would you say that special move? You know, like the the uh, all, all the great fighters have like their special little thing that they're really good at, and a little a little uh, finishing move type of thing. Like Jones has all the spinning elbows and stuff. Connor has the three sixty kicks and stuff. Pettis has the wall uh, walk that he does. You know, they, they all have a little thing. I think Cowboy just needs a little extra bump, and he's uh he's going to be. 
he's going to be making a, a title shot, I think. I, I'll be honest, I, I'm picking Ben, uh, ben Henderson in this one. You uh, think? Yeah, it's just, like, don't get me wrong, Cerrone is, like, he's the man. He's a man's man. He's an entertaining guy to watch fighting. He wins well. You know, he's entertaining in fight week. You know, he, he's, you know, if he's not flying a plane, he's racing a car, he's riding a bull or something. Like, he's just, he's brilliant. Great character. Superb fighter to watch. Really skillful. Like, he's known as a striker, but Christ, he's got a great grand game as well, which we saw mm. against, um, Miles Jury, particularly in the first round. Um, Fourth round, yeah. However, there's a level of competition which he struggled against, which was Dosanios' last loss. Now, Dosanios is next for the title shot, you know, so, uh, it's no slight losing to Dosanios. Uh, Pettis, who is the champion, you know, so no slight losing to him. And he's lost twice to Benson Henderson. Now, they're a couple of years ago, granted. But there's the level of competition that Cerrone has reached. Like, he beats guys, he goes in a run, three or four fights, and then he meets the, you know, the, the top, five top three guys in the division and I don't know whether it's mental or just skill wise but he falls short and I, I know yeah, I know yeah, I, I know Henderson is an unpopular fighter because of all the decisions and there was a few decisions one against Edgar and maybe the Josh Thompson one as well where people didn't think he won and, and you know the fact that he had so many decisions as well but he, he's become unpopular but that doesn't make him a bad fighter and I think he's he's a level of competition where Cerrone has struggled against in the past, and I just think, especially because especially because Henderson lost last time out, he'll be bullying to get back in the win column. My thing was, I know Cerrone admitted it himself. With he had issues with you know, obviously inside his head with with confidence or whatever it was, but. Everybody thought Eddie Alvarez was the next person to come in and wipe out the lightweight division. And you know, if you listen to what the media were saying, they they reckoned Alvarez was going to come. Eddie Alvarez was going to come in. And he was going to be, you know, challenging for that title. Cerrone absolutely kicked lumps out of Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. You know, he made him look like a he made him look like an elite fighter versus a guy that's just coming in to the yeah. UFC, which he was, but he he was of of a high caliber. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but Cerrone like. You know, upended him for yeah, like, for the entire fight. No, totally. And and Cerrone, like he can win, but I, th- you know, I I think I'm gonna back Henderson on this one. And and don't get me wrong, I won't be disappointed if Cowboy wins and gets a title shot. Um, but I just I just I, I'm gonna go with Henderson on this one. Just the gut is telling me. Uh, End up. And what a good it is. <laughs> Had to get it in, Gus. <laughs> yeah, dirtbird. Right, on that note, we're going to move swiftly along. We're going to go straight into the John Cavanaugh interview, followed up by me, Stephen Peetzy, and then we're going to back that up again with Paddy Houlihan. Myself and Steve will be back at the end to wrap it up. John, thanks for having us here in SPG. Um, just for starters, is it, I don't want to use the word easier, but is it, is it nice to have three guys in the same card? from the point of view of preparation, cutting weight, arrangements, logistics, that type of thing? Um, it's a little bit different for each one of those terms you used. Um, I, like having more go- I like having more than one on a fight card. Just I find it, I find it more fun going with a team. Uh, but it is more work. There's, there's more effort trying to help three people make weight, help three people get set up, help three people. Um, but we have, a, we have a pretty good system here now. So three for me in a night is almost a break. And uh, obviously you've got Ashling and Gunny in the UFC as well. Um, a couple of classes going on here. Mats are packed. 
can you envisage more fighters coming out of SPG into the UFC in the in the near future? That's a given, Fergus. because you know that. Come on. Yes, of course. Um, we, we have a heavy fight team here, almost 30 guys now. And uh, those guys have shown the, that there is a possibility of getting in there. They've shown them how to get in there. And now there's a group of guys that are chipping away and uh, 2015 is going to be even bigger. And have you found numbers of increase since not just the UFC came to back to Ireland, but you know you have fighters in the UFC now. Have you seen numbers bumping in the club? Um, numbers have bumped in the club in the last 12 months, but I believe it's a group of factors, not just the fact that I had some uh, UFC fighters. I was always known to have uh, good fighters in, in SPG, um, but the facility doesn't uh, do any harm. Uh, the fact we're roadside frontage, um, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to have a warm, dry, clean facility that's easy to find. Probably that's the big those few adjectives there are probably a bigger factor than Connor doing well. Now, saying that, the fact that the guys are doing so well as well, you, you put all this together and the rise of the sport in general. So, yeah, numbers have shot up this year. Okay. Uh, we're seeing, obviously, more interest because of the success of the Irish fighters. Uh, we're seeing more interest in the Irish media in MMA. Can you see a time where MMA is, like, you know, sandwiched between GAA coverage and the Premiership coverage on, on RTE? Um... I would like to say, yeah, but uh, probably not up at that level, but, but maybe it's getting a mention after the golf, you know, like obviously Rory McIlroy and those guys are doing great in golf, so I, I, maybe it's going to be at that level, but soccer and GEA are, are, are such big sports, uh, I don't know if it'll reach there, but who knows. Okay. And if we switch your attention now to the fighters you have on the card, let's start off with Connor. Obviously, uh, he's taken on Dennis Seaver in the main event. Uh, he's been quite vocal in saying that he's going to do it in two minutes. Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, I don't know. I think he's wrong, to be honest. I, I can't see it going past a minute. <laughs> okay, so it's going to be shorter rather than longer. Okay, very good. Um, and then it was also announced in the run-up to UFC 182 that he gets a title shot if he wins. Is that... A, yeah, sorry, you win, of course. Uh, is that a distraction or is it a motivation? Uh, it's neither. It's just a fact. You know, he this, this has been uh, seen coming for a long time and... Although in, in, in interviews you're asked, what do you think your next opponent? What do you think of the next fight? So you have to answer. Now, when people, fans hear the answers, they go, oh, he's looking past the, pre, the next opponent. We're not. It's just you've asked the question, so we give the answer. But in the gym, every day, it's the preparation's the same. No matter who he ends up facing. If, Seaver, uh, if it's Seaver, great. If he drops out and Swanson steps in, great. It doesn't make a difference. The preparation is done as best as we can. And then in interviews, if you're asked to project where you are a year or two from now, you try to give answers, but it's by no means are we in the gym kicking back with cigars and whiskey and saying, well, we can chill past this guy and let's focus on the Aldo fight. Um, so, yeah, you know, one fight at a time in the gym, and then in interviews we do our best to answer questions. I know, I know you're obviously not going to tell me, but when Connor wins on the 18th, uh, has a, a date and a venue been discussed for that fight? I have no idea. <laughs> Okay, well, I knew you weren't going to tell me, but uh, I thought I'd ask anyway. Um, I just sorry, just jumping back to distractions. Obviously, big news last night: John Jones popped for cocaine. Um, do you ever worry that uh, Connor obviously has a lot of attention on him, and he has a lot of people hanging out of him? Um, all of those might not necessarily have the best interest, uh, you know, Connor's best interest. Are you ever concerned that he might get brought down the John Jones route and you know make some bad choices? Um, I think it, it comes down to motivation. What's motivating you to do it? Maybe if you're motivated by fame or money, then you can find yourself going down that path. But you're motivated because you love the sport. And the fact that you get famous or money 
because of that, I think that's very different. Like, for example, I believe if you give Connor tomorrow a billion dollars, he's still going to, to show up for training the next day because his motivation is he really enjoys being on the mat and training. Um, but if your motivation was you wanted to hit a certain number, you wanted to have 5 million in your account or 10 million in your account, and once you hit that, you quit from it and then you go, you know, the party lifestyle because you didn't actually enjoy the process, you just enjoyed the rewards. So all of my guys, I believe, enjoy the process and enjoy being a martial artist and enjoy the physical training. I mean, if you look, look beyond this here, this mat here, these are all training just as hard as any of my pro fighters. Uh, to, in preparation for BJJ uh, championships, it's not like when you get the medal that now they go off and do lines of coke or, or, or whatever. Like on that note, okay, time. All right, last round, guys. Fantastic. Get some water. Spend some time stretching out. Okay, good work, everybody. Um, so, in the same sense as, as these guys, um, just are training for the sake of training. And as a side benefit of that, they might lose weight, they might win titles, they might get money, they might be able to open up their own club. All of these side benefits, it's not the motivation. The motivation is the training. And so, yeah, long answer to a short question, but I, I don't worry about that. Okay, great, great. And you, 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 sorry, I'm jumping back again now, but you said that in the gym, Connor just thinks about his next fight. He's thinking about Dennis Seaver. Um, let me rephrase that. He's just thinking about martial arts. He's just thinking about perfecting the sidekick today, or he's perfecting his flexibility. He's never really talking about an opponent. Now, if you do that every day, you're the best you can possibly be. And then an opponent, a fight happens, that just happens, and it's, it's, it's a life thing. It's not six weeks, let's go crazy, and then it's a big climax, and you have a fight, and you, you drift off again. No, it's, it's year-round. Every day is your best day. Right now he's on the other mat there, you probably saw him uh, wrestling, he does do wrestling. And um, you know, he, today is his best uh, training that he's ever done, tomorrow he'll try and match that. And then fights happen during the year incidentally, and, and that's, that's, how, that's the approach we take, it's lifelong. And do you start thinking about Aldo now, or you know, obviously you don't start drilling Connor for Aldo, but do you start mentally preparing for Aldo and trying to work out game plans and how and where Connor's gonna gonna beat him. Yeah, really not like, you know, there is no there is no opponent, there is no game plan. It's it's today's session is the best one I could possibly do. Um, this is I'm finished now eight thirty. I've been here since eleven AM, mixture of interviews and, and classes and when I'm giving uh, a class, that class is the best I can possibly give. The guys put in the maximum effort that they can. And I like to think of it, it's almost like in uh, Back to the Future where he's looking at his photograph of his future self. It's kind of fading or getting stronger. And that's what you're doing right now today. The choice of taking a sup of Coke or a sup of water. You're, that five-year time, five years from now version of you is being formed by your daily choices, by your moment choices, by your minute choices. And that's how, we, I, that's how I approach in my coaching. So I'm never too much thinking, okay, in six months from now you might fight someone has a good leg kick. Oh, let's let's do leg kick defense. Every day is leg kick defense. Every day is takedown defense. Every day is wrestling offense. Every day is eating the right way. So it's it's moment by moment decisions help that six month, twelve month, five year plan look after itself. Okay. And how is he going to finish Seaver in under sixty seconds on the eighteenth? Brutally and cleanly. I take that. Okay. <laughs> uh, shifting on to Kyle then. Um, Sean Spencer seems to be a good opponent for Kali. He walks forward um, with high respect to him. He doesn't seem to be dangerous in any one particular area, but he's a good fighter. Where do you think Kahl has the advantage, or what's his keys to victory? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight for that reason. Uh, his last opponent was a little bit, little bit on the back foot and, and just kind of swing a wild every time Colt stood in. It was like he kind of wanted to get through the fight rather than win it. Whereas King brought, came, at, came at Cole, and that's Cole's best fight. You come at Cole, he comes at you, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be back and forward or, you know, whatever way the fight goes. And Cole, he just finds a way to win. You know, whatever way it's going to go, the fight's going to go, he's going to win. Um, the last fight was a bit of a stalemate and he, he wasn't too happy with himself because he's put a lot of time and effort into being a bit lighter on his feet and varying up the strikes. Um, whereas I think this opponent here, he comes to win as well. He's decent kickboxing, he's decent all around. They'll, they'll meet in the center and um, I think that's going to be an exciting fight. But, but um, I, I would think Cole uh, controls the grappling element of it and, and uh, pounds him out for TKO. Uh, last time we spoke to Cole, he told us where he'd like to be at the end of 2015. Where do you think Cole can be at the end of 2015? I know you guys love these predictions and stuff, but I can't say uh, anymore that Day by day, we make these choices. Day by day, he puts in the best effort. And the future call kind of takes care of itself. He's in there now. He's in the UFC. There's there's no rush towards quickly getting the belt. or. But if that happens, that happens. But, you know, he, he's at the pinnacle of a sport now. He's uh, 2-0 and in the UFC. And uh, he's got a great fight lined up for January 18. So just day by day improvement. And, uh, you know, just the other day, he's starting to do Taekwondo now. Like, you know, so that, that's called. He's always throwing himself uh, new challenges. And um, let's show so, some of the new stuff in January 18th and put on a good performance, get, get that bonus, get, the, get a good next opponent and start the process again. And finally moving on to Paddy Hoolan. Uh, Paddy had a, I mean it was a great scrap his last fight but unfortunately he lost a, a decision. Have you looked back at it and have you seen anything where if we had to change something slightly he might have got a different result? Yeah, um, you know it was a kind of a fairy tale story for his opponent in that fight. Uh, taking a short notice and, and going in there and uh, putting on a uh, great performance. Sometimes it's, it's, it can be fantastic when you're a short notice opponent, zero pressure on you, you're the massive underdog. If you're the huge favorite and you don't put the guy away quickly, it's a little bit of doubt can creep in. Um, you know, Paddy was carrying around that O for many years as well. And uh, to get rid of that, get his first loss, and that's a big, answers a lot of questions for a coach, you know, is the guy going to disappear or is he going to come back and want to improve? Paddy massively came back and wanted to improve and, and I think that the extra maturity that comes from having dealt with a loss um, is only going to stand to him. I think he's improved in some areas that he hadn't maybe looked at in a while because he was just winning all the time. Whereas, you know, when I teach my kids class, I say you win or you learn. Paddy has always been winning, but now he had a chance to learn. And uh, Gunny Nelson, of course, lost his O as well. Have you have you seen the two of them kind of take a bit of weight off their shoulders as a result? Or have they loosened up? Is there anything different about them? Uh, I did see that in Paddy. Um, if Gunny was any more laid back, he'd be horizontal. So <laughs> there was nothing on his shoulders to begin with. So I don't think anything has changed there. Uh, and then just talking about Paddy's uh, opponent, Shane Howell, bit of a wild man, bit erratic, doesn't seem to check kicks or not much head movement. How do you see Paddy um, doing in this fight? Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but that's a fight I'm, I'm on cage side. I get to watch it. I'm, 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 I feel very lucky for that because that's a fan favorite fight as well there. That's just going to be a million miles an hour. I do think uh, your, your, your breakdown is pretty accurate. And um, I just think when you get into those exchanges with Paddy, he's, he does techniques that shouldn't necessarily be thrown from that position, but they land. It's a bit like Artem, a lot of boxing, a lot of striking coaches will try and correct Artem, but he lands and knocks people out. And with Paddy, it's the same thing. You, 
you make a slight wrong error and suddenly there's a shin wrap around your head. So I think Paddy's just that little bit cleaner, but can match the guy for that speed and intensity. And I can just see his shots starting to land that little bit cleaner. And I think this is a good fight for Paddy to, uh, to bounce back on. And just finally, talking about SPG then and, and knowing a bit about your story and how you started off in your parents' garage. That was your first kind of training center for fighters. Now here we're in one of the finest gyms in, in Europe. Um, you must have even bigger plans for SPG and the future. That, that future prediction again. Uh, first off, it wasn't my parents' garage. It was just a garage that I, I hired off somebody. My parents cried when they saw it, but uh, that's a different story. Um, uh, where do we want to go from here? Uh, well, we're just literally celebrating our first year uh, being here. Um, you'd have shown me this five, six years ago, I would have probably just laughed at you, like, how could a martial arts club be in something like this? Um, at the moment now, we're getting a second floor put in above us for the, the coaches and fighters changing room. Um, you know, this month, my uh, January is the busiest I've ever had in my life. I've got three in the UFC, of 25 guys going to Lisbon for the, the uh, European Championships, um, Art and Fighting in Poland, Mul Peter Fighting in, in Portugal, um, doing interviews with you guys, I'm now associated with Joe. Daddy. You know what? There's so much going on now that just taking care of the day to day business is, is enough. And I'll do this interview as best I can, I'll do my class as best I can future John has been formed by those moment-by-moment -moment decisions. Okay, John, thanks many for your time and the very best look in Boston on the 18th. Thank you, sir. Okay, we are delighted now to be joined by Ireland's foremost MMA journalist, Pete Carroll. Pete, you're very welcome back to the Satanta MMA show. You're on with uh, Gus and Steve. How are you getting on, lads? Delighted to be on. Thanks for having me back. Great to have you. Busy. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to just kick around a couple of things, uh, but we're mainly going to focus on Boston because the two lads, and I'm not jealous in the slightest, the two lads are jumping on planes tomorrow, is it, lads? Yeah, on Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning, very good. Yeah, I'm tomorrow at 2 o'clock, I think so. Are you headed out? Are you both press passed for the event? Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Um, so listen, we'll, we'll start off with the event then. Um, first of all, Pete, I'll kick it to you. Um, let's say let's say you were walking out of the O2 last July, and we've just had one of the most amazing events in Irish MMA history, and everyone's talking about it being one of the biggest MMA events of the calendar, biggest sporting event in Ireland. Did you honestly think that we'd have another event with such magnitude, maybe even bigger because of the title implications for Connor so soon? Um. Honestly, no. I, I didn't think it could be, you know, what what we're kind of waving around here at the moment. It still seems absolutely crazy. Um, you know, I believe it can happen, and I think the recent signatures, um, you know, back that up. I think they're really they're preparing this. They're preparing for something big in Ireland. But uh, back then, I'll go have to have to say I I couldn't imagine that MMA would be, especially in 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 Croker, if that's what if that's what um we're talking about here, like that that seems absolutely ridiculous. And, and Dana White saying you know it's either Croker or Las Vegas. That's two very different things now, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, it seems it seems incredible. And um you know if it feels weird for me, can you imagine how Andy Ryan and John Kavanaugh feel about it? That must feel absolutely mad. You know, it, this wasn't a sport as such when they started getting into it. So I'd say it's it's incredible for them. And Steve. As a guy who's been in the bubble longer than me or Petey, and you've been more active, obviously you fought yourself and you coach. Um, like, can you believe that you know if, if you wrote it back two years ago, say there was what there was Norman and Connor in the UFC, 
And now you think that the eighth guy, Paul Redmond, the guy you've been coaching since he started, uh, Reds is the eighth guy into the UFC. Can you believe the progress we've made in two short years? Well, if, if I'm being, me and Pete actually spent the whole night together. We were like a happy couple after the UFC in Dublin. <laughs> oh, here, listen, what, sta- what happens in the O2 stays in the O2, lads. You said you'd but, never tell anyone, Stephen. But, but no, I'll tell you, the, the two of us were talking, so like, we spent nearly eight hours together after it, and we talked non-stop MMA and the scene and stuff like that, and just having a bit of banter. Now, if I'm being truthful, we were we were talking to each other and telling each other like how we seen it in the future. But by no means, although he was saying, yeah, Connor will have a title in, in 12 months, and we all thought that at one stage. It, it's, just, it's a few months after it. But by no means did I think 80,000 seats in Croco was going to be a possibility in June, or, or, or whenever, you know, come if Connor wins this fight. So for me, I didn't believe it at the time. But it's starting to, it's starting all, as Connor says, it starts to fall into place. It's starting to fall into place, not just for Connor, but Irish MMA as a whole. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unbelievable, really, isn't it? And, uh, like, what I can't get over is we're going to have four guys up this weekend, maybe two guys up next weekend, two new additions in Joe Duffy and Redzer, and we haven't got out of January yet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just going to be a nuts 2015 if, um, you know, if, if if things go, I know I know things can't keep going the way they're going. There will be a ceiling, um, but like having eight guys in there almost guarantees an Irish interest story in the UFC. Like on on multiple occasions throughout the year. Like last year we had obviously Norman's fighting, Neil fought, and then we had Dublin, and you know the few fights after that, and it's just snowballing now. Now there's, there's eight guys, like Ashley Daly is probably due a fight February or March, maybe. Mm. Uh, Joe Duffy is expected to debut March, April. And Gunny's um, uh, due to get back in there. Then May is, is like, all roads seem to point to Croker in May, um, which no doubt we'll see all the guys who are in action in January back in action then again in May, you know, and which gives them plenty of chances to get another one anyway, maybe even two fights for the rest of the year. So it's just, it's just going to be incredible. It's just it, going to be it, it seems that it was exciting times and I thought it was going to phase out, but it, it, it still is exciting times, you know, and I'm, I'm just glad it's gone the way it's gone because it's fantastic for, for one, the media, because obviously you get to go and cover this stuff, but for fans, this is what keeps people interested Monday to Friday when they're sitting and walk. They're checking up on this stuff. They're following these eight guys on the journey and, you know, it's, it's it's great for us at the minute. It's so hard to explain. And for me, even then going over to Boston, you know, to see UFC, I've always wanted to go to the States to watch one. So we're all riding this. We're all riding the wave with these guys, you know. So yeah. I'm just lapping it all up. Yeah, it's fantastic. So let's turn our attention to the card um, for a few minutes now. Obviously, me and Pete were on talking bras and there's a good in-depth um, preview of the card on their latest podcast. But we'll just kick it around a little bit here between the three of us. So before lads, let, let's just get a top level view. Um, I honestly genuinely think um, we, we will have four wins at the end of the night. What do you think, Steve? I'll kick it to you first because I, I, I think I know what Pete said. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what way Paddy comes back after the loss. Um, you see, like according to John and his the way Paddy is on social media, you know he's bringing his son over to the event and all. So he seems to be in a good place. So 
I'm excited to see what new tricks he's learned. You know, I, I know this guy's susceptible to getting choked, and that's what Paddy's known for. You know, so I'm looking forward to seeing what what he has to offer. You want me to make a prediction? Oh, well, we'll we, we come back to that at the end, but do you think we can get four wins? Like, without a shadow of a well, no, not without a shadow of a doubt, but for me, Norman has the biggest task. Definitely. That's like Redzo has told me about Gleason to Bell. From, from his time in ATT? Yeah, time and time again. And the one thing Redzo has said was, he's a, he, he's a lightweight, but he's a fucking monster of a guy. And Redzo says, he controls the mat on the, at the wrestling class. Like he he just dominates everybody. Really? So it's going to be a tough test for Norman. But Norman's no slouch either. You know he's in the UFC a long, long time. He's racked up a lot of wins. It's gonna be it's gonna be one guy stares at that that spot in the ladder. One guy moves on closer to the title. Yeah. But my read of the situation is like for starters, okay. Norman was due to fight. Jorge Masvidal, who's ranked number 13 in the lightweight division at the moment. Um, Norman's got better in every single UFC fight he's had. So the UFC are clearly pinpointing his rise and saying, well, yeah, he's he's due, like, he's probably top 30. Uh, and he's due to crack, you know, the top 20, top 15. So let's, let's give him someone uh, to see. So they obviously think he is worth the challenge anyway. I wouldn't say they think he's a shoe-in, but they definitely think he's worth the challenge by, by giving him a, a number rank, number 13 ranked fighter. And Gleason Tebow is probably top 30 as well. And I think, I was looking at this, let me just have a quick scan here. I think he made his UFC debut. Yeah, 2006, which was around the time that Norman was debuting in MMA. Yeah, he made his MMA debut back in 1999. He made the UFC by 2006. And I think Norman was probably debuting in MMA around then as well. You know, so it's just, it's just nuts how long this guy's been around. Now, Niall McGrath was making the point that he's never won a third round. He's usually gas tanked close to empty by the third round. And I think that's the thing about him being such a good, uh, a big guy, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's how um, Norman wins. He gets, he, he stays light on the feet, he works his boxing, he gets in and out, he peppers with jabs, loads up if he can, but he gets in and out. And um, I, I think Norman can take this guy down. I don't think he needs to stay down with him. Yeah. But I think there will be opportunities where Norman can dump him when, when Tebow is maybe loading up. If Norman changes level, he can scoop in. Norman's, you know, good judo, good amateur wrestling background. Um, he can take him down, but I don't think he needs to stay down with him. Yeah, but by no, by no means, I think, like, Norman can't take anyone down. But the, where I see it going, Norman, Norman, say it does go three rounds. There's always the possibility of Gleason taking him down and, and smothering him on the ground, and the fight becoming stagnant where it, it it's judged as a wrestling match and not an MMA fight, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. PC, do you want to come in on that one? Yeah, for Norman. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, what I was saying uh, the last one was uh, I think he just can't afford to tie up with him at all in the first round he can't afford to tie up in the first like it's very hard to beat Tibet in the first round because of his size because he has all his energy then but if he his footwork is brilliant Normans you know it's very underrated he gets in and out very well if he can manage to stave him off for the first round come out with the first round if he if he banks the first round he has it yeah. like I mean I, I think in the second round I think you're right as well Goes towards the end of the fight I can see him getting a takedown but I think he just has to avoid at all costs tying him up for the first half of this fight he needs to get in and out hit him with shots point score 
like point scoring and stri- point striking, and then uh, then maybe he'll, he'll get an open in the third round. If Thibaut has to chase him around with all that weight for a round or a round and a half, he's really going to be in bits by by round three. Yeah. And again, I thought that was very interesting what Noel said about him never winning a third round. Yeah. Like, like that's that's huge. If if he can get an edge over him over uh, the first and second round, I mean, he, he, the finish will be there for him if he wants it. Yeah, and then like like everyone, Norman works very hard on the striking. I think when we were talking to him, Steve, before UFC Dublin, he was talking about how he's been working on spinning shit, and he was hoping to to land a few <laughs> a few of those, you know. So he's gonna have a pretty pretty good arsenal of strikes for Tebow, and he'll keep him guessing. He'll keep you know he won't. He won't become predictable, but he, I think he'll stay active. And like you say, PC, if he can win the first round, um, I think mentally he might think, well, look, I've got the first. If I can keep doing what I'm doing, all likelihood is I will get the third. And if I can just stay on top in the second, home and host. Yeah. yeah but but if, I think with the four guys, he's got the hardest task. But I genuinely think it's not out of his reach. And I, and I, I think I picked him to stop Tito in the third. Because Norman starts fast and gets faster, like he doesn't lose. He has gas for for twenty five minutes, you know, let alone fifteen. Yeah, no, and I do agree with you. I think it is. It's the toughest test of all the guys. Uh, Oh, you were saying that to me the other night, and I agree with you. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's the hardest match about all the guys there. And uh, just, just Steve, just talk to talk us through the other fights then. So you, you, you think Paddy can get him down and choke him? What about Cole Pendleton and Sean Spencer? I think Cole has the perfect opponent, to be honest. Yeah. This is this has Cole all over it. It's not going to be like the last fight. I'm not. We've heard this time and time again, but Cole loves people to bring the fight to him. That's what gets him to bite down that gum shield, tuck his chin, and swing his hands, or grab around your legs, take you down, and punish you down there. You know, but I can see. I can I can see Carl finishing this fight. You know, it, it's ideal for him. This guy, Sean Spence, is going to come to finish, and Carl's just going to just going to meet him in the middle, and it's. I think he's going to come out on top. Yeah. Um. Can I just mention, Cerrone's on the card. <laughs> we'll get to that. Cool, you just. We'll get to that. Let's 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 talk <laughs> back to that one. Let's talk with the Irish guys first. Right. And then you know, top of the bill, Connor. MMA is so unpredictable, you know, anything can happen. We all seen like the, the, the Matsera Pierre fight, you know, anything can happen. But I'm watching Connor on this bleeding science lab and he's spinning, kicking Cormier and pushing him back, you know. And then he, he's beating all these records in the science lab. You're seeing all these new skills. I just think Connor is the new age fighter. You know, he's just evolved so much, you know, never mind his bravado and, and you know, and the humour that he has, but just as a fighter, the, the stuff that he's doing, nobody else is doing. Yeah. I, I was watching a video of him in the gym at two o'clock in the morning, uh, doing the gator walk. You know, that's, the, that's how yeah. deep he's going into working out animal movements in comparison to human movements and how he can use just it could be just a snippet, but it's a fight finisher, you know. Yeah. So well, I think Connor's going to put him away in the first round. It, it's it's going to be a short night for Dennis Seaver. Although everyone says that MMA is unpredictable, I think Connor's just, he's at a level that's much higher than, than Dennis Seaver's. Yeah. You probably talk to Connor more than anyone. Um, how, like, you've been in touch with a good bit in the lead up to this fight. How has he been? How is he, what, what's he saying about the fight and how is he approaching it? 
Honestly, I actually haven't. I haven't been able to talk to him in the lead up to this fight that much about the fight. But um, he, I know from talking to Johnny Dagan. I interviewed Johnny Dagan yesterday, and Johnny Dagan was talking about this kicking game that, that Stephen's been talking about. I saw it last night myself, Stephen. Very good. But what he said to me is, you know, in a straight Taekwondo match, he'd beat Steve right now. He said he's that level of obsessed where he shows him something like a very because he kind of wants to do the most elaborate things that you can do in there, you know. And and Johnny shows him this kick very hard kick you know what i mean there you go the next time he comes back a couple of days later he has it perfect perfect uh-huh. and he said he said he what like he wants to be able to beat saver where he's strong and he said if he tries that spin and back kick obviously we know saver has that patented spin and back kick he says if he tries that connor has something very very special lined up very uh-huh. special. and I, i'm very excited to see that because i can imagine saver coming out he knows Connor's going to come out, start throwing these uh, kicks to try and open him up. I'd say Seaver's going to try and come out and do exactly the same thing to Connor. Try and, you know, freak him out a bit at the start. So I can't see it lasting long now. And I think I've never, for Connor, like, I've never seen him so calm coming up to a fight. Usually, if, he, if he's talking to you, he'd slip in something about the fight, blah, blah, blah. He's fine. You know, he's, he's really just, he knows how much is on the line for himself. And, you know, as we know, he knows how to rise to the occasion. He always has done it, you know. And um, I, I'm anticipating a, a very, a very quick, quick night's work for him. And just to, to round it off, then, uh, what about Cahill? Yeah, and I think, I think all the Irish guys have been saying this. You know, uh, Spencer's ideal. You know, we're really gonna see. And um, you know, Carl's Carl striking has come on a long way. You know what I mean? He he didn't usually strike at all. You know, I know some people will say, like, oh, his striking didn't look great in the last fight. But still, it's still his biggest improvement. He's brilliant when he takes people down. Yeah. He always has been. This is his biggest improvement. We've never seen him throwing hands like he is now. Yeah. Um, I think this is the perfect guy to see how just how good he is at the moment with the striking. Um, he lo- He's looking very light in his feet and training. But, of course, we're going to have to wait and see in this event here. Um, Spencer's going to stand in the pocket with him. Uh, he doesn't seem to have knockout power, Spencer. And we know that you'd need to hit uh, Carl with a truck and probably reverse over him a few times if you wanted to put him away. So <laughs> and climb out of the truck, take your shovel with you. <laughs> Pack the truck on top of him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I think it's it's suited for him. And I can't wait to see what way he's moving in there. And that, that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing that, uh, how he's moving on the night. Right, let's go with the four Irish fighters and predictions. Steve, Paddy Hoolan, Shane Howell. I'm going Paddy Hoolan. Uh, via choke in the round ooh I'd say I think Paddy's going to want to get a bit of time in the octagon I'm not, I'm not saying he can dictate everything in the octagon but uh, I can see it going to the second round right I think I said Paddy sub round one Pixie I think I said Paddy uh, again choke round three I think I said right okay we have a deck over there, look at. <laughs> he's he's, he's edging, he's edging. Uh, Cahill, I think, I, I definitely said Cahill would stop him. Um, We've said uh, Cahill round two for me, I think he'll, he'll um, TKO. I think he'll put him, on, put him down and then follow him onto the ground, finish it there. Yeah, I can't remember said, what round I said, but I definitely said Cahill would finish him. Steve? I'm going to go round three. Finish. And... I think Hart's going to finish with strikes in the ground, yeah? Yeah, yeah I think I said TKO as well. Uh, Norman Park, I think he, I think he's going to stop him in the third TKO. Ground and pound. I'm going to go decision. I think Norman decision. Steve? 
Um, my heart is telling me knock out by Norman via round one. But, you know, he had a sound. It's a, it, this is the this is the toughest fight. Yeah. You know, I think I'm gonna go with Pete's and only decision Norman. Right, okay. And finally, I think I'm the only one I've heard talking about round two in this. I think Siva gets on his bike and makes it hard for Connor to uh, lock him down and, and hone in on the strikes. Um, so I think it's going to be a TKO finish early in the second. I mean. If he, even if he runs away, it's like pitting a ladder against a Lamborghini, really, isn't it? Uh, I mean, the speed difference is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, when you look at the two guys, um, I think you hurt him quickly. I really do. Um, I think he's going to hurt him very quickly. We saw, like, um, you know, we've seen him being rocked a fair few times in his last few fights, uh, Saber, and I just don't think he's ever fought someone with that kind of power before. Um I did Connor round one knockout, um, and I think, I think he is going to. I think he might knock him out with a kick. Steve, um, yeah, I'm the same as P. I don't think Steve will get to the second round. If he is running, one thing is going to happen. The crowd is going to be booing like crazy, you know. And I know people say being a veteran, you don't get jitters, but when you have the up and coming star of the featherweight division in the cage which you at close range and he's chasing you down. The referee is, is constantly telling you to engage. You know, there's only so much running you can do. And five minutes is a long time. You know, especially if you have running it's a long time. So I think I think Connor's gonna finish him in the fourth and I'm actually gonna see what Paddy Power will give me on this. I'm gonna go with a three sixty inverted kick. It is, as Pete say, it is going to be a kick and it's going to be something fancy. Is that even something? 360? 360. 360 360. Inverted. 360. Dagon says 360. Is it? That's what he thinks, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I've seen him throwing them kicks and I was like, he was spinning and then throwing that 360 kick like it was second age at him. Where there was no thought process in it. It just happened. Jesus, that would be uh, incredible if if you saw that. Mm. I think he's going to... I think... Or if Dennis Eva throws a spinning kick, I was thinking about this actually during like, the gym. If Dennis Eva throws a spinning kick, if Connor counters the the, the the kick and goes the same direction but comes high with the heel, he could knock him out with the spinning kick. Oh, it's like a capoeira fight. Exactly. That's what I was thinking because he'd been drilling all this capoeira stuff and I'm like, wouldn't it be sweet to see some sort of crazy kick where it's the new, like, Anderson Silva front kick and everybody's trying to do this kick now, you know? Or the Showtime kick. Be no That's what I'm thinking. Just while you're looking up the odds there, um, Steve, with a little bit of echo creeping in there. Um, while you're looking up the odds, PC, just one or two things I want to kick around with you before we let you go. Yeah. Will the title fight be in Dublin? Yes. yes. They have they to. Have, they have they to have need to uh, capitalise on Connor's kind of superstar, I suppose you'd call it, in Dublin. Um, and this is the perfect time to do it. I, th- I feel like every time he fights, his fan base doubles. You know, I feel like more and more people get interested and interested. Um, it's really gonna, like, it was crazy the last time in Dublin. It was absolutely insane. So if you could imagine what it's gonna be like this time around, you know, it, it, it's gonna be even bigger. In, in Crow Park, like, that's gonna be one messy night for the Irish, but, uh, <laughs> it will be, I, I think it'll be, I think it's gonna be in Ireland, alright, yeah. I think, I think Aldo wants it to be in Ireland. 
you know, this is a big money thing for him as well. He's never going to fight someone that's going to give him that again. Yeah. Whether he beats him or he doesn't, this is going to be his biggest payday. You know? So, if it's in Dublin, does that mean it'll be on pay-per-view in the States? Will it be a numbered event? And it'll probably have to be on Irish time as opposed to US time. Well, if it's going to be in Crow Park, they're going to have to do that. The residents just won't. They won't let that happen. They, you know what I mean? They, I you see what happened to Garrett Brooks? Yeah, you know what I mean? And he's got friends in low places as well, Larry. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, yeah, I don't see how they... Like, they will lose... They could lose millions, tens of millions in pay-per-view money if it's, a, if it's at Irish time. But, I mean, the money is... The gate itself is going to be huge. True. I, yeah. You could imagine that there's going to be there's going to be people trying to get a hold of it. It's going to be like one of them once-off events. Like Connor has that kind of selling power. You know? oh, I mean, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. And, uh, like, even with that, like the Sunday night in Boston, why is it Sunday night? It's Martin. Fig, Fig, did a little bit of digging, and it's Martin Luther Day on Monday. Yeah. Right. So that's the sort of off. And do you know what? I... I I'd say that that Sandler might have done a U-turn today and our whole opinion based on like someone in our ear going, yeah, listen, <laughs> there's a lot of money to be made for Ireland there, you know? And just, yeah, just, as soon as how you brought it up there, you're talking about uh, Senator Catherine New, and I heard her on Tubbers, I believe she was on 98FM as well, yeah. and she was just basically saying, look, it's too violent to be having over here, and she didn't want to see it. And, yeah, exactly, yeah, she didn't want it in Croke Park, but then went on to admit that she didn't know anything about the sport, hadn't watched much or any of it. And, and she, she said, the classic line was, I've nothing against martial arts. I don't even have anything against mixed martial arts. I just don't like the level of violence in the UFC. Brilliant. Yeah, so clearly there wasn't much thought or information in, in her thought process. Which is, you know, which is so unusual for a politician. <laughs> I found it fascinating that one of our backroom staff doesn't go, no, actually, I trained jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And and just inform her. You know, I I was amazed she actually got airtime on it, you know. Yeah. It's but, ridiculous. It's like I mean, obviously if a sender is, is talking about uh ban banning the sport, it is like I mean, you know, you, they have to bring it up. But I mean like the argument. Like sometimes you're wondering what are the, why are these people getting on a soapbox? Why why are they doing it? Like is she just after doing that now so more people will be aware of who she is? And therefore, it will help her in the future when she's trying to do something that actually makes sense. I, I, like, I don't realise yeah. why they do these things. Why would you bring that up if you've done no research on it at all? Like? The only thing I can think of is she's looked at all this positive media coverage of McGregor. And if she tries to go positive, she'll just get lost. And they go, well, hold on. Well, you know, who are you? Yeah. Why would we listen to you? So if she goes negative, she's guaranteed attention. House of Cards. It's House of Cards. I don't yeah. understand it at all. Like, it's just, it's, it's so far, like, they, I just feel like these people are just so disconnected with the actual people. You know, I, I don't know what they're, like, I just don't know. I don't know what to think of it. And I think, uh, I, I saw Reds are there was talking to Paul Dollar. I think he got on and he, he said a few things on Spin 1038. So fair play to him, you know? All right, very good. Um, so, so, so you think Dublin, you think Irish time, uh, and it'll be a numbered pay per view. Mm. And like I, I really hope it is, and you know it, it should be. But I'm just like a, a main event, like finishing up the main event, like just before twelve, so say half eleven kickoff. You know, just try and make it. 
make a some type of negotiation, you know what I mean? Like that it wouldn't be too bad. Like what what time do most gigs finish up at in Crow Park? A so called catch time, if you will, Pete. You know? Oh, Stephen. Yes. Why not? I will. Catch time. Of, uh, <laughs> midnight, whatever, you know, because like what time do what time do the events usually finish up on the European cards? Like uh, ten o'clock, eleven, ten. So I mean, give it the extra hour. Like I mean, how like the East Coast will definitely be in it. Uh, the East Coast of America. It's just how much do you lose out on say Aldo's kind of crowd then? Like how far is Brazil away from us? It's five hours. Five. Well, that's East five Coast. Five hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been around the same time as East Coast. Yeah. So I think I think point. I just can't see the residents let allowing the uh, event to take place. I, I, it absolutely won't be you this time now. No. Um. And then the last thing I want to ask you about, and I know we were kind of kicking this around, I, I maybe have a little bit of a rant, and, and you, you can give your cup and tape me with. Um, the whole John Jones thing is just leaving a really bad taste in my mouth. Um, and, and, and listen, I, I'm kind of disappointed in him, but like, you know, whatever, if he wants to do that, I have no issue with that. And he, he is probably the greatest mixed martial artist we have seen and will probably see in a long time. And his manhandling of Cormier was, the, like, I think I said it in one of the articles I wrote, the only thing, the only issue I have with that was that I picked against him. Uh, and, I, and I know, Steve, we said we wouldn't do, after we picked Texaria, uh, Global Texaria, we said we wouldn't do it again. And somehow I fucking picked against him again. And he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. Absolutely, almost perfection. Yeah. In the um, no, I didn't like I didn't like the cheap shot at the end where he put up his hands and Cormier stopped and then he he, he gave him a few digs and still um, innovation though I suppose it's what it's still innovative like even uh, it, the 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 yeah. the thing to do yeah I mean it, 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 listen it's not I, I didn't like it but you know credit where credit's due he is a phenomenal athlete phenomenal mixed martial artist he is the goat right yeah but he did an illegal drug. The UFC were told by the commission he did an illegal drug. Now, the commission is saying it's not on the ban list because it's recreational use and it's not performance enhancing, so it's out of competition there, it's not on the ban list. And nothing happens himself. He checks himself into rehab. We now know he only went in for a night. And it just it absolutely stinks of a PR exercise to brush this under the carpet so that golden goose can, you know, live another day. I'll tell you, fair play to him. 24 hours and he, he cleared up. That's brilliant. It's, it's <laughs> really that shows dedication, Gus. He kicked his that, coke. That's not mock the fella here. He kicked his coke in 24 hours. Or as, Donny, as Donald Donnelly chipped in with uh, on Facebook, he was probably on speed. <laughs> but no, it, it just stinks because we know, like, when, when marijuana was treated as a serious drug, uh, by the commissions, Dana was firing brimstone for anyone who passed and doing riddle out for his three failed drug tests. Is it three? And and went on to, to um, you know, chast yeah, yeah chastise him and. But they were uh, in competition. That's the difference, as well. True, but look, you know, like cocaine uh, is oh, one. No, like, it's I, one of the most addictive drugs you can do. It is illegal. Yeah. And your poster boy is doing it. Yeah. 
And uh, look, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, uh, you know, banning people for smoking weed. You know, I think that's ridiculous. But, you know, he, he's abiding by uh, commission's rules. I don't know if they've changed them or whatever. But that's that's the thing that, that kind of leaves me upset with the situation where we lost a year of Nick Diaz's prime. And I'm a big Nick Diaz fan. And I think a lot of, you know, people's just, Nick Diaz is just must see TV. Um, when he's fighting, people want to see him. And I mean, he, we lost a, a good year of him there. A good, a good year. And this careers are so short in this sport. For a fighter to lose a year is absolutely ridiculous because he smoked a bit of weed. You know, it's crazy. No, and how could that enhance? Like, there's debates whether it's perform enhancing or whatever. But I mean, you know, I'm sure a couple of copy would do you more damage than, um, you know, a joint before before a fight. But uh, it's obviously that it looks bad for the sport. That's the problem. Yeah, it looks bad. You know, for he like you said, goes whatever he wants to do. I'm cool with it, but it looks bad. And now the fact that like Ariel Awani broke a couple of hours after that they shouldn't even been testing them for uh, street drugs as they were calling them. Yeah, uh, shouldn't have been testing them for that at all. That's yeah. like, you know, what happened there? What? Why does it feel like there was some kind of sabotage going on in the background? Yeah. I'm not trying to. <laughs> and, and, and then and then they said, oh, there's issues with his testosterone. It looks like he was doing. Um, He's taking covers, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was either masking it or he was taking stuff that, that's um, killed his natural production of testosterone. And he said, well, we ha- need to do a carbon isotope test or something, I think it's called, um, to find out what, what was going on. And lo and behold, then, uh, 24 hours later, they had done it and he passed it off. You know, so they first said, oh, no, we, we don't know if he was because we didn't do a CIR test. And then 24 hours later, Oh, he did do it, and everything's okay. It just, it just stinks. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the handling of it. Like I said, like whatever Jones wants to do, do it. Knock yourself out, dude. Um, but he was caught doing it. He was caught doing an illegal drug, and went before the biggest fight of his career. And the UFC then have seemed to have gone soft on something they've gone out of the way to tell everyone that they're really serious about. You know, when we were at the, was it London or Nottingham, and Tom Watson won, and he said that he was happy to fight anyone on TRT because he was going to help kick TRT out of the UFC. And Dana White got up afterwards and said, oh, Tom's brilliant, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to kick this. We're going to beat this drug out of the sport. And, you know, and it, it just seems to be, it, it, they are real serious about drugs, but it just depends who's doing the drugs. Yeah, and, and I mean, like Jones, obviously, like Jones is gonna have be command more kind of uh, fanfare, or you know, just there's gonna be so much more eyes on him because of this. Um, and I think, you know, to be honest with you, we all knew that he was going to, he was putting on a bit of a, a show for us there with the the really ultra clean way that he was. It just, you know, you'd see these cracks now and again where you're like, he's not that guy. Um, I, I hope he comes back and he's just himself. I hope yeah. he's normal. You know, that, that's yeah. the one thing I, I hate to see. You know, this is, I agree with you, Gus. This was a complete PR move uh, to put him in rehab. You know, and it's kind of it's kind of taken away from the people who are actually struggling with, with drug habits as well. You know, oh, one day in rehab and I'm fine. It's it, like, you know, if you're going to treat it like with, with such... You know, they were so tender about the issue. Dana White used to be screaming about these type of things, but they were so kind of soft about it. Yeah. And then for him to go in for one day, 
You know what I mean? Let's not mess around here. Cocaine's yeah. a serious drug. It's killed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, in the wrong hands, it's dangerous. But uh, to, to let him go in and come out in one day, and now he'll probably be fighting in a few months. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, I know. I know. He's saying the people are actually struggling with proper proper issues here. Yeah, like Bradley Silver got a lifetime ban <laughs> because he didn't do a test. Yeah. <laughs> and an out of competition test, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's out of competition. He liked it, yeah, yeah. And Jones gets nothing. He gets like a glowing statement, glowing reference, because he's copying an illegal drug. Um, he's not only the champion of the light heavyweight division, he's the champion of uh, kicking drug habits as well. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 say, just say no, kids. I'm waiting for that on, his, on, his <laughs> Nikes, on the back of his Nikes. Listen, I know you have to get away to do an interview with Connor, so we'll let you go. Anything else you want to kick around before you, we let you off? Um... I don't know. I kind of want to... I'm not happy with Neil Seary's placement on the card in Sweden. Yeah. I'm not happy with it. Steve's line has dropped down. I'm trying to get him back on, but uh, no choice so far. But yeah, it's... Um, the, only thing, the only way I could rationalise where he is on the card is that he's coming back from an injury, that he, you know, he missed his Australia fight. And um, not, that, not that he's been punished, but they're just kind of... Reintroducing him two cards by getting him on early. That, that's the only way I can rationalise it. But, um, well, I can, I can see it like, you know, it's going to be a brilliant fight. Him and Bale is going to be a brilliant fight. But, you know, they always say, oh, when you do the UFC a favour, they never forget about it. Um, you know, why wasn't he, why didn't he give him a main card slot in Dublin? Why didn't, why can't they give him, like, he, play, he was brilliant in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. He was absolutely brilliant. His performance was perfect. Um, you know what I mean? You, never mind finishing. People try to say, oh, you don't get to finish. You don't have to finish to win a fight. And his performance was perfect. Yeah, and he, like, come back he, and he's, he's topping the prelim card. I mean, he's the first, first to go, you know? Yeah, sorry, sorry for cutting across everybody. Like, he, he went to the season, but talking about entertaining the crowd, he had lads like... Uh, yeah. yeah, calling in his kicks, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cheering in his kicks. It's just, you're back, Steve, I think, are you? I'm back. We're just, yeah. Yeah, you're fine. We're just talking about the placement of Neil's fight on the Sweden card. Yeah. PT said he just he just sort of threw it at me that he's disappointed with the placement. Mm. Well, it's uh, Neil. Neil's an exciting fighter, and he's you know the flyweight division sometimes doesn't get enough exposure as it as it should do, you know. But trust, Sweden's gonna have a lot of eyes on you know. Gustafsson has a lot of hype behind him, and that that card is gonna be like. The first fight of, of the night will be watched right yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like Dublin. You're going to have people sitting in them seats from half five, you know. So people are going to start to know Neil Seary. And trust me, once social media starts talking about you, you know, the, the UFC have no other option but to start moving you up. And as well, I've been I've been rolling with Neil and, and wrestling with him for, for this camp a couple of times. And it's it's a different guy, Gus, from, from Dublin. It's, it's a total... For for someone who's like, I'm about I've about ten kilo on him. The guy and the rest. Well, I'm straight up. I'm about uh, I'm seventy two kilo. Right, okay. And he, you know, he he when when he started this camp, you know, we I had about ten ten odd kilo on him. But I tell you, I I mounted him and I can't hold him. I go side control. You just can't hold the guy down. Yeah. He's he's I catch everybody. With a triangle, I finish everybody with a triangle. I cannot tap Siri. He, he, he just his it, his submission defense is just so tight and so good. 
and the scrambles are so fast. It's it, it's just gone up another level, you know. It, it, he's going to put on something special in Sweden, definitely. Yeah. And I was I was looking at that fight, lads. Bale stops when lads stand in front of him. When you push him back, he literally it's like he hesitates to throw a punch, and that's like Siri. Are you joking me? That's perfect. Yeah. Like he is. Um. Like I mean, people are going to look at these guys' records. I was talking to Andy about it today, and they're going to say, "Oh, Bale, ten and out. Well, he's the man. This is <laughs> this is a like." I saw him fighting uh, Matsuda, he fought the last fight. When this guy was kicking him, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do, and he when he was on the back foot, he nearly had to set his feet before he could throw a punch. You know, he can't he can't throw a punch moving backwards. And I, I think if series in... And I mean, he fades in round two at bantamweight. Can you imagine a flyweight? He's going to be huge, yeah, and yeah. series is going to be on him for three rounds. If he can't... I don't know how, like, as you said, uh, I heard you saying in the interview with uh, Noel and Andy, goes, you've never seen him rocked, you've never seen him hurt. If this guy is somehow going to magically hit him with a hammer in the first round and put him away, that seems to be the only way, you know, well, not the only way, but that seems to be the only way. Oh, you can see him winning the fight, and I can't see Siri getting getting knocked, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'd be amazed if, um, if your man can drop Siri. Um, yeah, listen, we won't, we won't spend too much time with this because we will come back next week maybe I know we were we were talking we were, I was going to try and get Niall yourself and the, the usual suspects on next week to do a bit of a round table for Sweden uh, PC so we we won't uh, but it is great that the two lads are, are on the card Reds are in making his debut it's great that he's over there with um, with Neil uh, as well you know and I, I'm sure that'll that'll help yeah he's going to be nervous it's a big room but it, it, it I think it'll absolutely help him that, that series in there doing it with him I tell you, I can't wait to see Reds are initiating scrambles in the UFC, man. I think he's got the best scrambles going. I think he's the fastest scrambles, you know what I mean, in nearly MMA. And this, like, I just can't wait to see that uh, on the big stage. He really deserves that. And I was really delighted from, really delighted from yeah. when I got, heard the news. Yeah, it's going to be good. Listen, Peter, you're on in a few minutes, so we will leave you off. Thanks a minute for your time, Thanks dude. Thanks so much, I'll see, I'll see you over there, Pete, Steve. Are we, are we having a date night in uh, Fogo? We are indeed. We are indeed. We say Friday or Saturday, one or the other. Say Saturday. All right, babe. After the weigh-ins. <laughs> get a room, lads. Holy <laughs> Jesus. Hey, call me Bay. Hey, get a bae. room. See you, Bay. <laughs> <laughs> right, Petey. We will chat to you soon. Talk to you soon, Petey. Take care, bro. Good luck. Paddy, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going, Peter? Long time no see. <laughs> no, I've seen it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's the form anyway? Yeah, it's brilliant, man. The uh, form is good now. It's on the way back from, from training, walking through the main streets of Dublin. <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> I, I've been over in SPG a couple of times now in the last number of months, and it doesn't matter what hour of the day it is, you always seem to be there. Are you like, are you the true kind of mat rat in the SPG? And so, so tell us how many times a day would you be there and how long would you be there for? Um, I hope you a few hours a day, probably twice a day sometimes, probably for those four hours and all. Very good. And how's training been going for uh, Boston? Yeah, tra- training's been going brilliant for this one, man. It really has. Like, uh, 
have to give credit to all the guys coming out over Christmas and uh, giving me work on and helping me out. And it's, it's been truly amazing seeing like, your friends uh, helping you, you know, on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. I mean, it's not easy to get uh, training partners like that. Yeah. And if we just go back and talk about your last fight, um, obviously it was, I mean, it was a great fight, you know, great one for the neutral uh, to enjoy, lovely back and forth scrap you had, you had definitely the better of it in the first round and he came on strong then in rounds two and three. Have you looked back at it and have you seen anything where you think, right, if I had just done one or two things, I would have got the decision? Yeah, uh, 100%. I probably would have got, got the, the choke in the second round, I made a mistake. I went there, put pressure on him and pull him off the fence. And he, he they usually fall into the space, but he stepped forward instead of stepping off. And uh, that's tiny. Just, that was literally a, a, a placement of my foot. That was the direction he went. He kept the underhook and he, he ended up kind of pulling him to guard nearly. So um, we had to put his back in that one. Uh, I'm nearly sure that I would have finished that. Another finish. And obviously it's um, a bit different, you know, it was a transatlantic flight, you know, different setup, different food, you're cutting weight after coming off a long plane journey. Had any of that, um, I won't say, I, I, did, I won't say did it affect you in the fight, but did you? If, did it affect you in the kind of the build up and mentally, you know, all the different surroundings uh, and the changes? No, uh, the day of the fight I got a little bit fed up I was probably a little fed up with Canada, I wanted to kind of be back in Ireland. And um, like, uh, uh, I don't really get tired of fights, that's it. Like, and, but I know there was a few problems with the reload. And like, that's just the way, dude, sometimes these things happen, you know what I mean? And you've you just got to prepare and continue on with it. Everything can't be perfect all the time. You've got to have your shorts and your gloves and your gum shield and just be prepared to, to throw down. Like, whatever comes in between, comes in between. You've got to adapt and adjust. You were saying there was a problem with the reload when you were rehydrating after the, the weigh-in, was it? Yeah, but it just didn't feel great after it with the reload. And um, like it, it was late by the time that we, I, I even got something to eat into me. Um, like I didn't get an IV this time around. I just, just, just the way it was, you know? Just one of those things. Yeah, just one of those things. Well, it is what it is, you know what I mean? It's in the past now, and um, I have learned from it. I've learned from all the anything that happened out in Canada and even on the way to Canada we always learn you can't you can't not learn from these things and, but, and Chris had to go Chris had to tell me that he had a fairy tale you know what I mean your man had a rocky moment you find someone in the middle of a rocky moment as well yeah yeah um, I was talking to John last night and just as you were talking about there what you were saying about um, uh, you know a learning experience John was saying that you've been carrying around your O on the shoulder your undefeated record and that you know that can be the difference between a fighter you know some some guys when they lose their first fight that's it they're gone but he said it was almost like a, a weight lifted off you and you were the, you, you know you either you either lose or you learn, and John said you've definitely learned, and you're you're back at it as as hard as ever. So, how did you feel in the immediate aftermath when you lost your first fight, and and, and what have you taken from that experience? Oh, it's definitely nice because it gives you um, it gives you questions to answer again. You know, you gotta uh, you gotta you gotta answer questions of like is this for me? All, all the normal questions. You know what I mean? Like, I've dedicated my whole life to this, and. Uh, sacrificed an awful lot for this. So like, these are all the questions that go through your head. But I mean, no, this is for me. This is 100% for me. This, this sport, this career, 
I'm happy in it. In it. Winning and losing is part of any kind of sport. At the end of the day, it is a sport. But when I get in there, I treat it like it's real life and like like it's a battlefield. And and, and I want to win. You know what I mean? If I had been a battlefield that day, I'd do it. It's just the way it is. Like, but it is what it is. I I didn't get. I wasn't. I wasn't finished in Canada either. That is something I, I I like to keep. You know. And do you take any consolation from the fact that it was a hell of a fight? It was great to watch. The neutrals must have really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, big time. Watching it back, I was watching it as a fan myself. I would have been, uh, I would have been delighted. And you know what I mean? Hats off to Chris. Fair play to him. You know what I mean? He, uh, he, he took the fight. He took the fight, and he and, and he did the business. And that's how it was. But uh, he got a decision. Anything could happen in that fight. Yeah. So let's let's roll it forward now to uh, Boston, January eighteenth. Uh, you're fighting a guy called Shane Howell, who's uh, he, he took a short notice fight. His UFC debut was a short notice fight, and he got. A, I think this is his second fight after that. So, have you been studying studying him much? And you know what what do you think you what what can you expect from him on the night? Um, well, from what I see and what I see from many old sports I looked at him and. Anything that I've talked with any of the coaches with, it's, you know what I mean? He's long, he's kind of he's kind of wild, he, he's unpredictable. He, he's kind of like me, you know what I mean? I think he, he reminds me a little bit of me. But um, I've been using this guy for a long, long time, and I've been very successful with it. So if you bring it down to who uses it better, I think I do. And uh, how important is it to get back in the winning the winning column? Of course, it's very important. Every single, uh, it's not important to be in the winning column so, so everyone else views me as as a winner or that I'm approved in their um, kind of circles and things like that. You know what I mean? I, I want to be back in the winning column because I, I, I'm at the sacrificing an awful lot for this. You know what I mean? All over Christmas uh, through food and through being able to just let them days go and go and have a, an ice cream with my son over Christmas and like all, all over. Like if you look at it. Since July, I have literally been doing back-to-back camps and fighting people in, in different countries. And like, I've been flat out since July, and that's that's it. I've sacrificed. They say you should choose your success, but what you what you know, what you had to give up to get it. And so it'll make it even sweeter than knowing that you've given up so much to get the win. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, that, that's the reason why I want this win. These are the these are the reasons that. Uh, I'm motivating, you know what I mean? Every time I get up and every time I go out that door and every time I put them rounds in and do the extra round and they're all towards sacrificing because this is what I want and that's that's the reason why I want to win. Not not for the record, not for the, the advancement. I, I want to beat this guy and, and I want to go forward and I will beat this guy. Yeah. And there's, um, I suppose there's a big... There's a, there's a great uh, goodwill around the the fighting Irish and the Irish MMA scene at the moment, and Joe Duffy has um, uh, another Irish guy added to the UFC roster uh, recently. Uh, do, do you buy into that? Are you are you glad you're part of that, or is it just a bit of a sideshow? And look, I'm here to fight and, and do the business. No, well, that as well. But I'm, I'm very proud to be part of that, and I know that the, the fighting Irish are renowned all over the world. Even second generation Irish can fight. It's, uh, we've been known for it, you know what I mean? You push the Irish, and you're definitely going to find a fight behind that. And I like the idea that I know that everybody across the world, um, Americans and uh, down to Australia, New Zealand, and everywhere in the world, they, they know the Irish can fight. That's the type of people we are, we're resilient, you know what I mean? And, um, but 
the, the main part of it is that this is this is a, I'm very fortunate to be 26 years of age and and, and know exactly where I want to go in life and, and and I'm on the path and I'm taking it and I'm taking it very very serious. So uh, I'm grateful for that. that. That's the biggest part. And obviously, it's going to be a special night for Irish uh, MMA and for the Fight in Irish. Obviously, um, not only is there yourself and your two teammates, but Norman Park is on the card as well. It's in Boston, yeah. which is a very kind of Irish friendly, Irish centric town. Um, you know, it, it, we, we know now. Um, I think last night when I was talking to John, I said if Connor wins, and I was correct, and I was I was told to say when Connor wins, he gets a title shot. D- does that add to the occasion for you, or you know, is it all business? Yeah, well, as we always say, you know what I mean? Connor, Connor's my teammate, Connor's my friend, and I'm a friend. So, like, of course, it affects me in, in all kinds of ways. I'll be delighted to see my teammate get a shot at the, the, the title of the world, or the world title. And to be doing it here in, in, in Crow Park, where all the history in that uh, stadium and things like that would be, would be absolutely unreal to, to be part of that. Brilliant. And finally, just before I let you go, give us a prediction for the fight on your fight on January eighteenth. Um, I think I think this fight's going to start very fast, and um, I'm going to try to control this fight away from the start. Then my shots, make sure you look for the takedown, and 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 it'll just progress. Just just put the hands up and fight. How do you think you're going to get him out? Um, I don't know. I'd like to find his back and choke him. <laughs> very good well listen Paddy the very best of luck uh, safe travels on Sunday and hopefully we'll talk to you when you come back with the W uh, the other side of January the 18th thank you very much thank you man there you have it Steve episode 65 in the bag uh, I can guarantee you we won't be waiting a month for the next one because we'll obviously have Boston to review and Sweden to look forward to and I've got interviews with Neil Siri and Paul Redmond uh, for that show already so there could be maybe another little interview in there as well so uh, we will definitely be back uh, when are you back from Boston actually? Uh, Wednesday Wednesday not till alright yeah I'm going to Martinez brother lives in Boston so I doing some family stuff oh, while, while we're over there you know so very good well we will definitely have an episode uh, next week we might even have to talk to you in Boston yeah, no, sure, we can Skype away. Yeah, very good. Um, so that's it. Uh, we're back in the game. Uh, looking forward to the fights this weekend. I'll be live blogging on independent.ie and the other sports section. Um, I'll be live blogging the events. So if you're, if you're open, if you're at a loose one, plug in the laptop and, uh, follow along, um, follow along, uh, the blog there. Um, you can catch the show at Satanta MMA Show on Twitter. You, we also have a Facebook page if you just search, search for Satanta MMA Show. Uh, if you want to listen to the show, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podkicker, the Blackberry app. So hopefully all the good, um, podcatcher apps and some of the bad ones as well. But if we're not on the one that you use, please let us know and we'll get ourselves set up on that I'm at Gus Rhino 100 on Twitter you've heard Steve is at BJJ Lebowski that's BJJ L-O-W-B-O-W-S-K-I that's it for this week Steve unless you've anything else to drop before we cut it that's it keep it real in Dublin homie okay we will catch you next week thanks for listening you've been listening to the Satanta MMA show presented by Fergus Ryan and Stephen Larry and edited by Kira Gannon 